Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are and whenever you find this. This is Pastor Phil from Embassy Church, and I hope you're doing well today. I'm recording another message here in the middle of the week to encourage you, and this message is going to come from Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. This passage of Scripture was brought up on our Monday evening prayer meeting, and I thought it was really helpful, and I enjoyed the time of prayer and meditation surrounding it. So I'd like to continue that prayer and meditation posture as we look at this passage together. So let me read it first, Luke 18, 1 through 8. And he, Jesus, told them a parable to the effect that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor respected man. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him and saying, Give me justice against my adversary. For a while he refused, but afterward he said to himself, Though I neither fear God nor respect man, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will give her justice, so that she will not beat me down by her continual coming. And the Lord said, Hear what the unrighteous judge says. And will not God give justice to his elect, who cry to him day and night? Will he delay long over them? I tell you, he will give justice to them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? I hope that this passage of scripture will be helpful for you in various ways, but today as I open it up and read it and I encourage us to meditate and pray over it, I want to remind uh, all you listeners that previously in our series on the practice of prayer, I did a teaching about the practice of Christian meditation. I think the title on our church website or on the podcast would say, Learning Christian meditation. So if you could find that teaching, this is going to be a follow-up to that. And what I've been thinking ever since I did that teaching is I want to record at some point a message uh, that includes actual prayers in it to give an example of what Christian meditation looks like in practice. So when we were praying Monday night with the Monday evening prayer group, we were thinking through issues of justice and the issues that have been going on with violence and rioting and looting and police brutality. And we prayed over this passage and it was so encouraging to my own soul as we were meditating on it. And I locked in on that first verse as a form of meditation. So I want to walk you through some of my thoughts along those lines. So the first verse says, and he told them a parable to the effect they thought they ought always to pray and not lose heart. They ought always to pray and not lose heart. That was the little phrase that I just locked in on and wanted to put through the prayerful meditation guide that I talked about in that teaching, Learning Christian Meditation. So let me walk through it for you. So first, what I will do is if I find a a phrase or a scripture passage or a big idea in a chapter or a book of the Bible, I take that thought and then I start with first, how does this reveal the character of God? So first, how does pray and not lose heart? Jesus is teaching a parable how we might pray and not lose heart. And immediately I thought, 
I praise God that he is a God who gives us comfort and hope. So let's just pause right now, and I want to lead us in a prayer of praise. Our Father in heaven, I want to give you praise for sending your son Jesus into the world and teaching us this parable. That this parable, that its main point, its big idea is that we would not lose heart. And so what this reveals about you, God, both in the teaching of Jesus and in the revelation that you have given us through your word, is that you are a God of comfort and of hope. You're a hope-giving God, and you deal gently with those who are full of wonder and doubt and struggle, and we are losing heart, and you care for us. And this is extremely encouraging for our souls to stop and pause and acknowledge you are the God of all comfort and hope, that you care about our hearts. We praise you for being a God who teaches and instructs and wants to fan the flame of our faith. We think of those words in Isaiah, Father, that you do not break a bruised reed or snuff out the smoldering wick. Lord, we are so encouraged when we stop and pause and we praise you for being the God who repeatedly and steadily provides hope for your people. We want to thank you for this word and we want to praise you for how it reveals your character. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And so that's step one. That's the first part of this meditation process that I would encourage you to start implementing as you not just read the word, but have it soak into your heart. So I could intellectually know that God gives hope, but I want my heart to rejoice and leap for joy. And so I I express praise. And then I move on from praise to confession. And so this would be step two. And you don't necessarily have to break them out into separate prayers when you're doing this. I'm just doing that now as an instruction and as a model and as a guide. But a lot of times when I'm praying and I'm meditating on scripture, I'm just going to move very seamlessly from prayer of praise to then prayer of confession. So let's lock in on that phrase that they ought always to pray and not lose heart. God is a God of hope and he gives us comfort. And we were just continually continually thinking about that and meditating on that. And then that reveals to us, but God, even in spite of all of the hope you provide, we do lose heart. And so what we want to acknowledge and confess is that we're struggling to have hope. So let's do that now. Let's pause. Let's pray. Let's meditate on this reality that we need instruction and hope and encouragement because we regularly do lose heart. Father, we come before you again now and we want to agree with your word about what it has said about our condition as sinful humans. We want to agree that we are people who regularly lose heart, that we give up, that we look around the world, especially right now in this time of turmoil, of pandemic, of violence, of looting and rioting. And we want to give up on the idea that there is even a God of justice who loves and cares for us. 
we want to cry out, where are you, God? What are you doing if you are so good and holy and righteous and just? And we confess, God, these are the honest thoughts for many of your people in times of struggle and suffering. We confess, God, that as we look outside in the world, we lose heart. And then when we look inside to our own hearts, we struggle to believe. And so we want to confess, Father, that you have done so much. You have given us your word. You have given us your son, Jesus Christ. You have given us the Holy Spirit. You have repeatedly blessed us with every spiritual blessing. And yet we lose heart time and time again. And we want to confess that this is based on our own weaknesses and insecurities and our failures. This is not because you are not righteous and that you are not good. You are the judge of all of the earth and you will do what is right, but our hearts fail to believe that. Our minds might know it at times. We might intellectually believe it, but our hearts get angry. We get tired. We grow weary. Lord, I'm thinking of Galatians chapter 6 now that says that we should not grow weary in doing good and we should continue to seek to do good. But Father, when we pray and cry out for justice and it doesn't seem like there is justice, we lose heart. We grow faint and weary. And we've, we want to give up. We want to throw in the towel. And so we want to acknowledge our, our sins, our weaknesses, our failures, and just call it for what it is. We need your grace. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we began this time of meditation looking at this phrase that Jesus wants to teach us how we ought always to pray and not lose heart. And we have prayed a prayer of praise and said, God, we praise you that you give comfort and you're a God of hope and that you care about our hearts and that you want to strengthen them and help us when we're struggling and we're wanting to give up. And we want to confess at stage two. We want to confess when we're honest with ourselves and we see all that you have done to give us hope. We still struggle time and time again, even after you given us a word of encouragement or given us strength in our hearts. It only takes an hour or another day before we lose heart again. And so we want to confess those realities in that second phase of meditation. Thirdly, uh, prayers of petition. So we went from prayers of praise, prayers of confession, prayers of petition or requests to God. So on the basis of this passage and this big idea, the prayer then is God, help us to not lose heart. Encourage us to pray, to keep coming to you. And this passage that Jesus teaches, he says that there's this widow in a city that keeps coming to an unrighteous judge that does not fear God and doesn't respect man. So this is an example of hyperbole. It's, it's saying that Imagine this woman who just keeps coming and begging and begging for justice. And then after so many times, he finally gives in and says, stop bothering me. And he gives her the justice that she's been demanding. And so the point Jesus makes here is if that 
is what an unrighteous judge might do. How much more then will the righteous God give justice to his people, those who cry to him day and night? And so the encouragement for us, as Jesus says in the first verse, that we should continue to pray. We ought always to pray. So I'm going to pause right now and I want to pray. I want to lead us in a prayer petition and I want to pray that we will keep praying and not give up and that God will strengthen us. We've confessed that we regularly do give up too quickly and too easily. So now we want to ask that the spirit of God will strengthen us to not give up. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we come before you in Jesus' name and we want to pray for the strengthening of the Holy Spirit, that His, that the love that you have shown us in Jesus Christ, the love of Christ would be poured into our hearts and that we would know and experience your love and that we would not give up praying. I pray for our church family at Embassy. I pray for myself. I pray for anybody that listens to this message that we would remember that you are a righteous judge and that on the basis of your character and how you have revealed yourself, I pray that we would plead to you and know that you will not delay. You will answer. You will deliver. And that we would repeatedly come before your throne of grace and plead our case before you, God. I pray that we would feel the safety and the confidence to be honest and transparent and real about the longings of our soul. And I pray, God, that we would be like this widow that Jesus is talking about in this little parable. I pray that we would be people that demand and cry out for justice, that our prayers would not be so self-centered and inward and focused on just the things that we want to make us comfortable or make life a little more pleasant. But God, ultimately, may we care about the things you care about, the things of justice and righteousness and goodness. And so we want to pray for that right now. We want to pray for the police departments and that they would be places of systemic justice and righteousness. We want to pray, God, for all of the communities in this country that they would experience grace and righteousness and justice and that the judges that are appointed over cases would deal justly with all of the things that are brought before them. Lord, we want to pray for our governor and our mayor and our president and those that are in authority and positions over us. And we want to pray, God, would you lead them to acts and decisions of justice? Would your imprint of what is right, the image bearer that they are, would, would they reflect your image by making decisions and doing things that are filled with your righteous justice, whether they know you personally and have your spirit within them or not. We know, God, in your common grace that you turn and move the kings of this world and the rulers of the earth in whichever way you please. So we're asking, God, we're pleading, we're begging, we're demanding, God, would you turn their hearts, turn their hearts to righteousness and justice and we want to ask God that we would be able to see life preserved, life in the womb and out of the womb, life on the deathbed, life in every facet and corner, life of every skin color and racial ethnicity. We want to pray, Father, for justice to roll down like a mighty river. 
And we want to ask, Father, that you will make much of your son, Jesus Christ, and through the local church, that we would be a, a great beacon of light in all of these manners. We want to ask that you will help us to pray and pray and pray and not give up. As we were just considering in Galatians 6, help us to not grow weary in doing good. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Finally, after considering these three steps of prayer, I typically try and conclude in terms of meditation uh, a gospel-centered note to thank God for sending Jesus into the world. And so here's how it works. We talked about prayers of praise and how God reveals hope. And so I want to thank God for sending Jesus to be the ultimate demonstration of that hope. Secondly, we confessed our sin, and I want to thank God that he has sent Jesus Christ to die for sinners in their place. And the righteous was put on a cross for the unrighteous, the one person who never sinned and never deserved injustice, died the most unjust death and was treated like a criminal, even though he was innocent. And so if there's anyone to cry out and say, God, where were you? What are you doing? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was Jesus Christ. And he did that for us, not just as an example, but as a substitute and to defeat the powers of evil and sin and death. And so we want to thank God for the cross and being the solution to our problems of sin and injustice. And then lastly, we want to thank God for being the, the means through Jesus Christ and the power of the gospel. He provides the means through his church, through his word, through his Holy Spirit. And that now that these realities are present now, the already established kingdom on the earth means that the things we prayed for are not just hopes, but they can and will be made actual realities in the earth. So that means we should thank God. And so I'm going to close us in a prayer of thanks. Father in heaven, you have revealed in your word that you care about our hearts and that you want to teach and instruct us to keep coming to you and to not give up praying. And we're so thankful that Jesus Christ is our perfect example of this, that even in his time of trial, as he is hanging on the cross, he does not give up speaking to you. He demonstrates hope, hope in you, Father, and he demonstrates hope for us. We thank you, Father, for the cross as the ultimate expression of hope, and that we can have hope even when there is death and decay and destruction. And there is so much of that in this world, but through the cross, we can have hope, and we want to thank you for that. Secondly, God, I want to thank you for being the solution and the provision of our sins. Our sins are many, but your grace is more. And we have specific sins of losing heart, and, and we have specific sins of giving up, and we also, God, are part of the problem of the injustice of this world, and each one of us have made small and large contributions in various ways, and we know that because of the cross, there is forgiveness, and we want to thank you for forgiveness. We want to thank you for the solution that you provided for being 
the righteous one that died for the unrighteous, the just one that took the place of those who are unjust, and for all of the ways that you were wrongly tried by people in high places of authority, different Roman soldiers, different government officials, religious leaders, all were a part of making your trial and your death through the Lord Jesus Christ come into effect. And so we thank you, God, that we know that when we look at injustice in the world, there is a solution to the sin, and we want to thank you for it. And lastly, we thank you for being the means and the provision for the things that we have asked for. God, we have asked that you would help us to not lose heart and that you would strengthen and encourage our weak and weary souls in times of trial and suffering. And we're thankful that we're not just hoping that that might happen, but we have confidence that the gospel is the means by which this can be provided. And we want to thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit and for establishing the church and the way that you are with us always to the end of the age as we make disciples to all the nations. So God, we want to thank you for these realities. And we want to put our confidence in the hope that we are given through this text of scripture and the reality of the gospel. And we want to thank you, thank you, and thank you. Your word is good. Your gospel is sweet. And I want to thank you for giving us this time to meditate on your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.